shaking my head. I still remember how bad it was. All Mewtwo had to do was look at Gengar and poof, another Gengar would replace it with only three-fourths of its HP from <laughs> <laughs> You're tuned into the GoCast podcast, your one-stop shop for updates, news, tips, and community in the world of Pokemon Go. Thank you for listening. Keep that wick lit. Community Day will light the way in October. Fashionable but not late. It's the Fashion Week event. When it comes to hats, one out of three ain't bad, that trio. A new costume Toxicroak really said no cap. And more on this episode of GoCast. Hello and welcome to the GoCast podcast, episode 208. It's September 20th, yet another Tuesday evening. I'm your host, Chris, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Kyle. Hiya. Hey, Kyle, how you doing, man? I'm doing okay. Yeah, okay, okay, yeah, with a slight okay. little fall off there. Not okay, but okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. You just okay? like, okay. Well, you got to make up your mind now. Which one is it? <laughs> but now I got to leave everybody guessing instead. Okay. All right. Hey, as is tradition. <laughs> All right. Well, welcome to the GoCast podcast. We talk about Pokemon Go here. Uh, but before we hop into it, we've got to give one of our patrons a shout out. Thank you to Chris for upping their pledge. No, not me. I'm not having an out of body experience. <laughs> It's a common name. Trust me, we were having this conversation the other day. Actually, my birth year of 91, I believe Chris was the second most popular name among boys. Yep. Uh, and so let's just say <laughs> that uh, I don't get my any of my artistic profile from either of my parents. <laughs> but anyway, all it is to say, thank you so much, Chris. We appreciate you. So thanks. More about Patreon and patronage at the end of the show. All right. So we set some goals last week and actually one of our guests set goals with us last week it was the one the only super player cooks gravy mitch and he wanted to catch three shinies we were implying it was rock and roll but left it sort of open-ended i suppose three shinies 296 xls and then register a mega agron to his mega decks and unfortunately i checked in with mitch a couple of hours ago and he just got back to us saying that he was a big old goose egg for three i guess this was not a sell friendly camping trip like he's had in the past <laughs> <laughs> couldn't even do one mega agron raid mitch i'm surprised i'm very surprised i feel like maybe there's more to that story than than that because i feel like he probably would have popped his phone out for five minutes and done like one right he probably forgot he was too busy having actual fun in the real world what what is that even what I don't even know what that is get get that out of here okay so for the two of us Kyle you wanted to catch and register a Celestela I did I got okay. one and that was it <laughs> very nice very nice fifteen shinies implied rock and roller but others count I did not oh okay how many did you end up getting I got eight. Eight. Okie dokie. Uh, we're kind of in a similar boat, by the way, numbers wise for our goals. One million experience. I did not. I got like 800,000. Nice. That's still pretty good, though. Way to, way to stay on the board, Kyle. And <laughs> Clef Key. Did you trade your friend for that Clef Key? I did not because I thought they were back yesterday. They were back today. So <laughs> I haven't seen them yet. 
That's a one on a four then, Mr. Sir. Congratulations on your one fourth. Now, let me tell you, uh, I'm not doing so hot this week either. So I had a goal of 25 shinies. Now on Rog and Roll Community Day, I caught 17. I played as much as I could. We had a slight family thing happen the first hour of community day where we had to you know be around for supporting grandparents and stuff everything's fine to worry about it but there were more important things for me to do for the first hour uh so i hung out with my sister got some lunch afterwards and then i went back out and played for about two hours did not stick around for the extended period whatsoever wanted to get back home because i was pretty tired mm-hmm. uh, but 17 still very lucky but under my 25 shiny count but but like gandalf on the ridge God, I caught six shinies outside of those 17. <laughs> now, it's not 25 total, but it's 23. Nice. It's the thing that I'm I'm celebrating here is not success of the goal because it didn't happen, but six shinies. Now, it was two Pineco, one Galarian <laughs> Stunfisk, one oh. Bronzor, which hardly counts, but it counts, a Magnemite, and like a special gift just to me, a Cyndaquil. But but arguably the real highlight is, is that one of the Pineco, it's a bug Pokemon, first of all, it's shiny, but it's also joined my illustrious 420 gang tag oh my God. in my Pokemon storage. We love, we love it. Yes, we because do. Because your, your storage isn't overcrowded enough right now. No, it certainly is. It certainly is all the time. Anyway, so it was 23 shinies. I didn't quite hit 25. One hundo. I really wanted it to be a rock and roller, but it wasn't. It was an Elekid. And <laughs> is it an Electivire? It sure is. It's actually like kind of like the sleeper get from the day for me <laughs> to be super honest with you it's very good 25 kilometers i did do 100 eggs hatched i only managed about 68 total oh between all the time between us uh, recording accumulating experience i only did one of those i did not focus on my friendships unfortunately like i meant to and 100 gbl wins this season boy did i hard wall at ultra league i was doing okay <laughs> like the first two sets and then, you know, something happened where I'm just like, <laughs> boy, the Empoleon just isn't doing it for me anymore. The Shadow Swampert just kind of gets demolished if I, you know, don't handle it just right. And oh, man, I'm nosediving. So I'm at, I think it's an 88 out of 100. So I'll get there next week. I'll get there next week for sure. So for myself, that was out of six. Yeah, six. I finished two. <laughs> better than me that's right and honestly if we're being very very clear about this that's what matters okay well actually here's what really matters we both beat mitch yeah well mitch got zero so that's what i'm saying yeah everybody don't don't dwaddle on the details we just need to celebrate the wins that we have okay all right (laughs) well why don't we get ahead to celebrating a little bit more but this time in the news section Yo, what up? It's the news. Okay, so we do have a couple of things to actually legitimately celebrate in this news section. But real quick, I think we should check in for our thoughts on Rock and Roll Community Day, which was this past weekend. So, Kyle, only about you said eight shinies. It doesn't sound like you went too hard or maybe you didn't have as much time. I know you had to work towards the end of the time period. So what'd you do? Yeah, I only got to play for about an hour. Okay. So I played from like two to three. I had good shiny luck in the time that I was playing. It was good. And that's kind of about it. No complaints about the spawns. No complaints about the catch rate. 
they were weather boosted for most of the time that I played, which was nice. Yeah. And that's that's about it. I evolved like one because I'm not going to reinvest in uh, new rock types right now. And uh, that was the end of my day. Okay. Very nice. Very nice. So you didn't max out any of them. You just evolved and got them. Yeah. Move and had no, them I didn't even types. get enough XL candy to max one out. I think I have like, I don't know, 200 something right now. Did you hundo any rock and roll no, or no? no? No, no. Okay. Did you do a mass transfer yet? No, not yet. I you tra- save them for trades. Uh, probably not. Mostly because okay. the base evolution is still a 50 candy evolution. So that's true. So the thing with that is also going to be that you will probably have more than enough XL candies by the time you do get through transferring them all. Look, Chris, we've been over this. You say that literally every time. And my rate of XL from transferring is abysmal. One of these days I'll be right. And I'll keep saying it until I am. Also, I only have like 200 rock and roller. So, oh, well, definitely not trade them and then the transfer them. Oh, no, it's not. I don't no, think it's worth no it guarantee from the trade anymore. Yeah, very, very true. Okay, well, uh, I had a a similar experience. Like I said, I didn't get to play the entire time. had my first, actually, I guess it was just a a mirror experience of Kyle's, except that my reflection had two hours and his had one, unfortunately. So it was fun. I liked the tasks. I liked the rewards. I enjoyed catching them. The spawn rate was spectacular. The shiny rate was fun. I went for like 30 minutes not seeing them, and then I saw three in a group of five. It was exciting. I enjoyed it. Good shiny. Uh, All three stages, actually good shiny and a great move. All in all, happy to have done it. A little upset that I didn't get to take more advantage of an incubator buff that's as lucrative (laughs) as a quarter. Uh, But, you know, life happens. And next time I'll be there with my laces tightened, ready to go. Okay, Mr. Kyle, it's that time. You've been waiting for years. You've been yelling this from the rooftops <laughs> into dark forests after 12 midnight every night. When it comes to October, you've been howling at the moon. That's right. October 2022 Community Day. We know who it is. It's Litwick, baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I'm it's sorry. to be prim- time. To be prim and proper about it, yes, absolutely, it's about time. Trainers, we're excited to announce that Litwick, the candle Pokemon, will be featured during October Community Day. Okay, now, you know, your noise machines, your your whistles, your balloons, your poppers, now's the time. So when is this fantastic, wonderful Community Day? It's going to be Saturday, October 15th from 2 to 5 p.m. local time. We're sticking with the late time period of 2 to 5. The featured attack is going to be Poltergeist. So we evolve Lampent into Chandelure, and it will know Poltergeist. Uh, Poltergeist has 140 power in both trainer battles and gyms and raids. Uh, Kyle, I'm going to ask you the question, but I'm going to just throw that answer into the future because I think that's later, right? Yeah, we'll have more to say about that, but also we don't have reliable information. It's all guessing. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll have an educated guess by the end of the show. Yes, and it, it doesn't look it doesn't look too great, but you know we'll we'll get there. Okay, and if you weren't catching on, the question was was Poltergeist any good for Chandelure? So we'll tackle that question apparently in a way in a little bit here. 
the special research story will be available. The name and my this makes my head hurt. Field notes, trick of the light. So, <laughs> so I'm wincing. You can't see, but I'm wincing. So we're it's not field notes, Litwick, but it is field notes, and then it's so, trick of the light. So the real question here is. Did Re influence Willow or is Willow influencing Re? Another question is, are they working together on this research story? That'd be pretty cool if they could both show up on the screen at the same time. I would be super for that. I mean, we've seen it actually before with the team leaders back and forth. I don't know. Anyway, the special research will be $1 US and then you can convert that to your local currency and that's how much it will cost. The tickets are not on sale yet, but they will let you know via the usual channels like Twitter and the like. All right, here's some bonuses. This is very exciting. You might be thinking, oh, it's October. Of course, they'll just be two times candy for catching or something like that. You'd be right and you'd be wrong at the same time. We are getting two times candy for catching, but the real main headliner bonus is three times XP for catching, which I'm so thrilled about because that's all I need right now is experience. Yeah. Oh boy. Two times chance for trainers level 31 and up to receive XL candy from catching Pokemon. Just catching in general doesn't have to be a great, good, or excellent, doesn't have to be anything like that this time, which is nice. Lure modules and incense activated during the event will last for three hours. Take a few snapshots during the community for a surprise. It'll be probably a cute little litwick on your screen, I would imagine. One additional special trade can be made for a maximum of two for the day and trades made will require 50% less Stardust. And then we've still got the bonus raid battles after community day. So from five to 10, after it concludes for an extended period, you'll see Lampent in four star raids. Hopefully they up the rate a little bit. I saw people saying the rates were still low again this past time, but I guess we'll see. Maybe they're working on a balance in some way that makes more sense that, you know, if you finish those four star raids within a 300 meter radius, uh, from the gym, it'll be Litwick shiny boosted spawns for 30 minutes around that gym. So this is the one you actually might want to do that depending on, you know, how your local group is feeling. I know that there was next to no interest in doing uh Boldor raids after rock and roll. <laughs> I was playing, unfortunately, <laughs> but Litwick is such a fan favorite and rare and it's a new shiny. You might elicit more interest this time around. And then last thing, of course, stickers. You know the drill. Gifts, stops, in-game shop. All right, Mr. Kyle, the floor is yours. Are you excited for Litwick Community Day? Of course you are, but how excited? Oh, I'm I'm so excited. I don't care how how good it's going to be because, first off, Chandler is already good, so who cares? I'm just excited right. for the shiny and the opportunity to catch more. I want to max out my 100% Litwick that I've had sitting there uh since last october actually so i'm just really excited also experience is the second best bonus so yeah 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 it well it's the second best bonus it is it's arguably tied for best bonus if you're under 50 (laughs) no because getting to 50 doesn't actually matter like mechanically speaking you just want it oh okay so stardust just is it's just objectively the best that's that's fair enough. Before we move on from this community day, which, by the way, I would just like to say my opinion is only that I'm very excited for this. I see no downside to this. I'm not 
upset that it's Litwick. I'm not upset about a new move. I'm not upset about anything. It's all good in my mind. I love the bonus. Love everything. So Yahoo. I don't want us to leave this though, Kyle, without the two of us making some sort of commitment or prediction about what's going on with Field Notes Trick of the Light. So do you think it's out of the three options? Do you think it's Reed and he's been hanging out with Willow? Do you think it's Willow and he is trying to emulate Reed's note taking or something? Or do you think they're working together? I think it's Willow emulating Reed and trying to be more scientific about it. Think about all the research he did while he was stuck in those ultra wormholes. That's right. That's right. Uh, all the while he was doing research, Re was searching for Willow. <laughs> get, get, get it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right. My prediction is that they're working together. I think they'd be way cool and it makes more sense in my brain, but I'm sure I'm wrong. <laughs> so yeah mark your calendar saturday october 15th request off of work do what you need to do move heaven and earth it's going to be a great community day all right next up for news our second piece of news is fashion week 2022 trainers marini and several pokemon sporting the latest fashions are making their runway debuts in pokemon go furfru also makes its return to shine on stage in its various forms Keep a sharp eye out for other stylish Pokemon that are ready to trend in the wild through research tasks and from eggs. In proper Fashion Week style, the in-game shop will have new avatar items fresh off the catwalk, along with a sale on select avatar items so trainers can be as hip as their buddy Pokemon. We can't wait to see you show off your style. So when is this fabulous week? It's from Tuesday, September 27th to Monday, October 3rd. This is next week, next Tuesday. We'll be recording on the day it begins. Yahoo. Debuts. Marini and its evolution Toxapex, the brutal star Pokemon, will make their Pokemon Go debut. Kyle is really excited about this. Kyle <laughs> loves Marini. I, I do. I do. Do you love Marini, Toxapex, or both? Uh, both, but Toxapex a lot. And then Marini, I just, I like. Yeah, so. it's very, very cool Pokemon. Are the shinies good? Because the base coloration is fantastic. Uh, I actually don't know what the shiny looks like. I'm really hoping that it's equally as exciting because it's got like some oh, it's highlighter. Really good. Oh, really? Okay. It, it's it's red. Like it's oh, just sweet. Red. The okay. purple, like blue, whatever becomes red. It's good. Awesome. Fantastic. Um, other new costumed Pokemon. Well, actually, hmm. Other new Pokemon debuts. These ones are costumed. We've talked about the costume Pokemon from Fashion Week in the past. There was the Blitzel with the bow tie, the Krogunk with the bowler hat. There was the Shinx with the bow tie as well. I can't remember. I know there's other there ones. Curlia with the top hat. What else? The Butterfree that had the bow. Oh, the Butterfree. That's right, too. Mm -hmm. So the debuts, the new ones, are going to be Diglett with a little hat. Doug Trio. Only one with a little hat still. It's very funny. <laughs> Absol, who's got some sweet shades on, like Elton John shades. And Toxicroak, which is wearing the same hat that Krogunk did, except that the horn it grows on its head has bust through the baseball cap on its head. It's very funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's good. Yeah, it's good quality, good quality stuff. There's also going to be a timed research that's going to be available throughout the event. Complete the research tasks to earn items and encounters with the following event themed Pokemon. It's just all the new event themed Pokemon. 
Take snapshots during the event. A fashionable Pokemon may make a surprise appearance. It's probably one of the random ones out of the pool, and you'll just get a chance each day, more than likely. Wild Encounters. The following Pokemon will appear more frequently in the wild, and also for the first time in Pokemon Go, you'll be able to encounter Shiny Furfru if you're lucky. Shiny Furfru, just a heads up, is one you're going to want to catch multiples of because <laughs> it has a lot of forms, and you can change the forms. Ten. The other wild encounters, though, besides Furfru and it being shiny and exciting, Murkrow, Glamio, Gothita, Frillish, but only the female version, Furfru, Marini, and the following costumed Pokemon, Butterfree, Croagunk, Blitzel, Diglett, Curlia, and Absol. In raids, for one star, you're going to see Diglett, Shinx, and Croagunk all costumed, Scraggy, and Furfru. In three-star raids, you'll see Butterfree, Curlia, and Absol all costumed and Marini. Five-star raids will sport Evitel, and Mega Raids will have the fierce Mega Lopunny. In eggs, you're going to see a seven-kilometer egg pool shakeup oh because God. that's what we do for events. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's going to feature Diglett, Smoochum, Shinx, and Krogunk all wearing a fashionable costume. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> Field Racers Task Encounters will provide encounters with Eevee, Murkrow, Skitty, Glamiao, Furfru, Marini, and costumed Krogunk and Blitzel. And then there's new avatar items. And I was like looking at them. I think they're Marini track suits. Is that right, Kyle? Yeah, they're whatever that jacket and pants are. They're real. Well, the jacket, really. The jacket's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's got the same sort of vibe as like a fountain drink cup from the 90s. Yeah. I may actually, this is funny, buy the shoes because they're purple and they match my clothes better than the current Mewtwo shoes that I'm wearing. Oh, nice. So, Love to hear it. Great. <laughs> the first so, piece of clothing I'll have bought in, I don't know, two years. Yeah, whenever that Gengar onesie came out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so that's it for the Fashion Week event. Kyle, what do you think? Well, first off, I'm super excited for Toxpex, just in general. I, yep. I fell in love with that Pokemon with Sword and Shield because I didn't play you know, Sun and Moon. But my big takeaway is they just put it out there. I think I was talking on the show maybe a month ago. I was 100% convinced it was going to be a 10K egg Pokemon. It just, it made sense. I mean, even the talk about, it's, it just, it's very surprising, especially because it's, it's a favorite competitively from the main series games and it's yeah yeah uh, gonna be very good in go battle league as well so uh send me all of your marini raid invites i'll do them if i'm available <laughs> you heard it here first folks bury him in raid invites <laughs> yeah i'm excited for the new costume pokemon i think it's very cool they added the evolved version of Krog gunk and it's got like a little a little bit of humor to it and i'm always happy to see butterfree um in the wild at any point in time so yahoo but much like the community day nothing but positives to kind of take away from that unless you are anti-costumed pokemon which i can understand uh, but it looks like they're fixing a lot of the issues with uh, the evolutions by adding some of these forms in so that's kind of nice the doug trio is too too funny <laughs> and the toxic croak is just too good yeah yep it's self-aware and fantastic <laughs> okay that means that we're at the end of the news section which also means that it's time for gear up 
So this week on Gear Up, we're going to do what's the big deal with Chandelure? Now, we have a, a little while for the community day, but Chandelure has been a Pokemon worth talking about before that. So we have some other stuff to go over. So starting with why, why is it good? Why do we care? Aside from the fact that it's a fan favorite, that people like it and that it's cool. Because that's good enough for me. Starting, it's the second best ghost type DPS in the game currently, if you don't count shadows and megas megas it's kind of obvious we don't really need to talk about that one it's behind giratino giratino origin but ahead of gengar with the moveset hex shadow ball now this is assuming you calculate out dps and tdo together with the agreed upon formula and blah 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 if you go purely on dps it's still second but Gengar is first and Giratina is third. So I just have to do justice for Gengar there. Very good to have if you don't want to use six Gengar and you don't have teams of Giratina built. But Chandelure has second typing. And it's a very competitive fire type DPS as well. So around seventh or eighth, which doesn't sound that good. But five of the top six are all legendaries. So... This is a far more obtainable option for most people. The other non-legendary option being Darmanitan, who has been more obtainable, but not to a community day degree. And for that moveset, you want Fire Spin and Overheat. That said, now we have a community day to talk about. And we don't know anything about this move. The only thing we know is 140 power. But that's a lot to go on. Because that's bad news by itself. Because almost assuredly, it's a one-bar move. Three-bar move, 140 power. Let's go. The most broken move in Pokemon Go history. It has a 6.9-second activation time and a 10-second cooldown. <laughs> you get to use it once per raid battle. <laughs> but with 140 power, we just had Meteor Beam which also had 140 power. So we can look at what those stats look like, but on a ghost type move, which is what people have done for calculations here. And it's not great. First things first, Shadow Ball is like the premier charge move. I think the only other move that competes with it, if you talk about not counting stab or what Pokemon gets it, is Hydro Cannon. And Hydro Cannon mm -hmm. is also equally super busted. So... With stats like Meteor Beam, which is to say it's one bar and it's like 1.4 seconds to use in a one second cooldown or something like that, it's it's still very good. It does like 2% more damage than a Shadow Ball Chandelure. And you're like, hey, that's an improvement. Yes, but one bar move versus two bar move is a huge deal yeah. for Ray. Because on paper, in the perfect scenario, you get off, you know, three Poltergeist. But what actually happens is you die with 75 energy and you don't actually get that third one off. But you would have gotten a fifth Shadow Ball off. And so you actually would have ended up doing more damage with Shadow Ball. So this is one of those weird scenarios if you've been around long enough for Salmats' first community day. It was worth having both Draco Meteor and Outrage because one bar versus two bar 
you could fire off the one bar until you were about to get KO'd and then fire off a two bar to get some extra damage. A similar, more accessible example that you might be familiar with, dear listener, is running both dynamic punch and cross chop on Machamps. That's fair. I've, I've never really thought about it. Dynamic punch. Is it 100 energy? Isn't dynamic punch a two bar still, though? Yeah, but the animation is different. So the animation for damage. So dynamic punch and cross chop. It's really funny because in PvP, they have different energy types, right? So in PvP, there is an argument for running both. But why wouldn't you bring rock slide? Because it's it's very good against a lot of meta Pokemon. But the other thing is that if you use it in raids, they charge the same. But it's it's like half the animation time for cross chop than it is for dynamic punch. Okay, fair enough. That's a that's a great example. So there is little bits of DPS you can squeeze out here and there if you do that. It's not really worth it. So I, I would not stress that very much. And I would personally suggest Shadow Ball over Poltergeist just for ease of use. But Poltergeist is technically better. All of that said, this is still an amazing time to stock up on an affordable ghost and fire type attacker. It is also worth noting Chandelure is fairly squishy as ghost types outside of Giratina tend to be, but not to the same degree as Gengar. So if you don't like to dodge, Chandelure is also a better option in that regard. Yep. Chandelure. Very good. I'm excited to have potentially two good ones for both types of movesets, having a fire moveset or a ghost moveset. It'd be fun. It'd be fun. Yeah, I don't really have like a fire raid team built completely. I have like one or two rush rams and like a Charizard and a Blaziken because yeah. I haven't felt like, like what everybody a, has. <laughs> I, like I'm like, why would I put the dust into a Darmanitan? And it's just like, here you go. This this one is good enough for me. And it's close enough to my heart that I'm like, I'll do it. The other two that I feel like everybody has is an Entei and a Magmortar. Oh, I do have I do have a, a Max and Entei. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. No Magmortars for me though. I realized, by the way, with that Hundo uh, Elekid that I made into the Electivire, I have a Hundo Magmortar and Electivire now, and they both have the moves on them. I'm like, oh, this is checking so many boxes for me. Okay, anyway, very exciting stuff for Chandelure Litwick, and let's not forget good old Lampent, shall we? (laughs) Oh, I need need to bring up, though, Litwick is the candle Pokemon. Lampent is the lamp Pokemon. Chandelure is the candle Pokemon. (laughs) No. <laughs> chandelier Pokemon? No. Is it is it the ghost chandelier Pokemon? No. The uh, spooky spooky Pokemon? It's the luring Pokemon. Oh. Fish like, huh? <laughs> I just That's outrageous. <laughs> they had a they had a theme going and we're spoilers, we're not doing it for Pokelore this week at least. And I had to no, bring no. it up because it's too funny. Well, we will do Litwick in like two or three weeks it probably i think two it'll line up with the community the the week before or the week of we'll be doing litwick but speaking of pokalore why don't we hop into that and this week for the pokalore segment we're going to be covering the other side of the ultra beast coin that we were introduced to relatively recently we did cartana last week with mitch and this week we're going to be doing celestila the launch pokemon Celesteela is a large, vaguely humanoid Ultra Beast with a bodily construction that resembles a cross between a space shuttle and a bamboo shoot. It has a small white head with a tiny mouth and a skinny neck with three segments. 
On top of its head is a gray structure resembling a hat with long flowing hair underneath. The hair reaches midway down its body and is rimmed with bright blue. The hat, those are in quotes, has two small blue dots and four white spikes arranged in an X shape. These spikes resemble decorative hair sticks. <laughs> On the very top of its hat is a long gray horn similar to a drill bit and has large disembodied gray arms that resemble bamboo stalks. At the end of each arm is a ring of blue light, fin-like projections, and a collection of eight smaller black bamboo shoots. Each smaller stalk has a bright blue ring with a small line extending back up the stalk. They're like engines, aren't they? Isn't that pretty much what they just described? Or have we not I mean, gotten it? It certainly looks like an engine. Yeah, yeah. Its main body is conical and resembles a dress with four overlapping layers. The shortest and outermost layer is the shortest and appears metallic. Yeah, it, the shortest and outermost layer is the shortest, the shortest and the most outermost and appears metallic. <laughs> with the inner layers uh, are each a lighter shade of green, progressively longer and seem to be cloth or plant material. Underneath all the layers is a white body with a light gray crisscross pattern covering it in a bright blue ring along the base. Below the dress is what appears to be a collection of eight black bamboo stalks. On the bottom of each stalk is a bright blue ring with a small line extending back up the stalk. This causes the stalks to also resemble solid rocket boosters. Celesteela is one of the heaviest Pokemon tying with Cosmoem. If only we had done this Pokemon first. <laughs> according to wick from the aether foundation its most distinctive feature is the energy that it stores within itself a flammable gas that it can shoot from its two huge arms <laughs> this is mostly used to propel itself in flight and for battle but it is thought to have sufficient power and lift to even fly into space 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 celesteela's rocket thrust is powerful enough to destroy an entire bamboo forest that sounds personal to me, despite being a steel type, Celesteela's body is plant-like and can absorb nutrients from the soil. As seen in the anime, Celesteela can have a long lifespan as one was buried in Alola for over 200 <laughs> years. All right. So which of the statements was the was the crazy one? Despite being a steel type, Celesteela's body is plant-like. Yep. Yeah. Why is it plant-like? I don't know. I think it's implying that it's like li just living steel right that it's it's flesh is just that of steel i i suppose look, i don't know it's yeah we could bang our head against this for a long time it's an ultra beast rules don't matter they barely mattered for pokemon in the first place yeah <laughs> all right so stats for celesteela i know that none of this is a surprise and it will be as disappointing because we've gone over how celesteela is not as great as cartana etc etc past couple of episodes but Max CP at level 40 is 3102. Max CP at 50 is 3507. A 210 stamina, 199 defense, and 207 attack IV spread means that this beautifully designed Pokemon is forever mid. Actually, it's just not really helped by its moveset. Best moveset, and I mean that with heavy, heavy, bold, italicized, underlined quotation marks is air slash with heavy slam and body slam. Yep, the Ugh. slam suite. We've never Ugh. had that before, but here we go. <laughs> Come on and slam and welcome to the jam, Celestila. We're big fans here. Okay, Mr. Kyle, I already know how you feel about Celestila, so I'm not even going to ask. Anything you want to weigh in on before we leave Celestila behind us? 
it's a cool design. Like it really is. It, it has really, really is. grown on me. I did not think I liked it that much. And I do. So yeah. Yeah. The Ultra Beasts have all grown on me immensely since they've started showing up in Go. Still don't like Poiple, so we'll have to see when that gets to go. That's really a shame because I feel like Poiple is the most accessible one. Uh, I don't know. I want Placephalon just because it's so ridiculous. <sighs> it is. Love Placephalon. All right. Well, that's it for Poco Lore, which means, Kyle, I'm going to volley it over to you. It's time for Pokepole. So last week's Pokepole was, what is your number one priority when playing Pokemon Go? Shinies? Hundos? Having fun? Let us know how and why you play the way you do. First one is from SDJH7. They said, my number one priority while catching, hatching, slash raiding for Pokemon is to get good IVs for whatever's useful. Whether it be Go Battle League, raids, or even just to have fun against grunts or leaders. Bonus if it's shiny. I like to collect hundos, nundos, and shinies in general as well. Equal nundos. opportunity collector. I shudder to think about what nundos I transferred before we had easier grading forever yep. ago. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, no, me too. Next one's from Calvin. He said, for me, my main priority is obtaining shinies that I don't currently have for my live shiny decks in Pokemon Home. Nice. Unless it's a community or GoFest, I don't tend to click on anything I don't need. I still got nine left to go in Hoenn, but only four left in Sinnoh. Just waiting for them to actually have an available shiny and go. And yes, Kecleon is one of them. Hashtag free Kecleon. Oh, you might be around for a while. That is an impressive live shiny Dex. It sure is. You should send that's, us some pictures, Kelvin. I kind of want to see this. That's that's incredible. Not that we don't believe you. We just want to bask in the glory of your work. <laughs> Next one's from Rocketman. They said, catching Pokemon I like with good IVs. In the main series games, I spend most of my time breeding for IVs, moves, natures, and abilities. So in Pokemon Go, I focus mostly on catching slash hatching Pokemon with good stats and then TMing them the moves that I want them to have. All about the usabilities. Absolutely. Yeah. Next, we have Venus C Prime. They said, main priority is progress towards long-term goals. The current big one being hitting level 50 by the end of next year without spending too much on remote raid passes. This leads to even some underwhelming events still being appreciated if there's something that's both an easy catch and an easy excellent. Though it's very nice to have something to chase, whether that's for the shiny or to try and get a hundo to use in raids. Right now, that chase is a hundo drillbur for me. The other big long-term goal is to complete Go's Pokedex within reason. What can be done without international travel? Which right now means hunting in 12k and 10k eggs for female Salandite slash Jangmo'o. It might also mean a trip to UK's southeast coast at some point to see if Klefki's spawn radius is still overlapping slightly. Ooh, that'd be nice. I think I think we had some conversation in the Discord, or maybe I saw it on Reddit about how far it stretched, but I can't remember if it made it. Or not. For Klefki? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I don't see any conversation about Klefki anymore. I just glazed right past. <laughs> yeah, I'm done. You got your hunt, though, and now you have to max it out. Lucky hundo. Thank Lucky you. Hundo. Lundo? A, a hucky? No. H- hucky that, sounds like a derogatory term. I don't... 
Our next response is from Walrain. They said, hey, all first off with the Sunday dynamic. I have a readily available solution, though. Fubo TV, not sponsored. I'll turn on football, put it into one of those small breakout windows on the iPhone and watch the games while I'm catching away. Nice. But making sure the stream is on the upper right corner so I can still quick catch. (laughs) Anyway, there are multiple aspects of the game that are appealing and draw me in. Quite frankly, the community you have all developed is a huge piece for me since I unfortunately don't have any IRL friends that play and my wife isn't into it. The community gives me the opportunity to do raids, share in the big catches, and by golly, do I sometimes need the frustration nation. That's right. With that said, the Discord has motivated me via the fitness challenge, and I'm using it to lose weight accordingly. Not only that, the walks I do with this game, biking, disc golfing with the Go Plus, etc., really bring a lot of joy knowing I have Pokemon at my fingertips. So closing this all into a nice bundle of accessibility to my favorite game and brand. Thanks, all. Well, that's just great. I love that. That is great. That Especially is great. And- the, the fitness challenge, Chris. Yeah, it's a cool um, it's a really cool channel. And I have a I have a problem where like I'll post my my weekly pictures like the first two or three weeks. So the way we do it really quick, just everybody that's listening. One of the things we have in our patient discord is a channel called fitness challenge. And you can sign up for it with a role and stuff like that. We have a big group Excel sheet that I set up and it's for every quarter. And so that's every three months, essentially. So the next one's going to be October through the end of the year. And so every Monday morning, when you get your fitness um, adventure sync summary, we take a picture of it, we put it in another channel, and we track things like kilometers walked and eggs hatched. So that's the idea. I have a bad habit of doing like the first three weeks <laughs> and then just taking pictures. And then be, because I'm the one who posts the sheet at the end, I just do all mine at the end, you know. <laughs> but aside from that, everybody is always posting in that channel. And they're talking about like their walks and stuff like that. Like, it's awesome. I love just going in there and reading what people are doing and like people are celebrating the people for being like, Hey, good, good job getting out there and walking 11 kilometers this week. And then two posts down, they're like, Hey, good job on getting 87 kilometers. I know you were shooting for a hundred this week. You'll get it next week, like all kinds. And it's awesome. Love it. But I think the thing that I'm most thankful about this response for though, is the Fubo TV suggestion for those of us that actually watch sports during events. (laughs) Yep. Next response is from Tony in the form of an email. And they said, hi, Chris and Kyle, longtime listener, first time writer. How I like to play Pokemon Go. I have two modes when I play. The first is when I play solo. Very hardcore focused on the event spawns as well as rating current five stars for the experience grind to 50. With some gym battles in my small town. I usually have a couple star pieces and lucky eggs going. And much to Kyle's dismay, hatching eggs. Yeah, However, that has changed due to bad boxes. Great. We'll use. Yeah, talk about it. we'll be back. We'll be back. <laughs> OK, OK. Second mode with friends, more focused on catching up and enjoying the company of my friends, having them set up raids and informing them on what good spawns and raids to go for. I tend to take more of a mentor role since the majority of my friends slash family who play are more casual. I definitely love sharing my insight as well as hyping them up for any achievements they accomplish while out together. Sorry for the long email. Shiny vibes all, Tony. Well, first off, this is great. I love the the mentor role. It happens. Uh, I think it, it happens a lot to to me and Chris as well. Yeah, so it's, uh, yeah. It's, it's great to be able to encourage everybody else who might not play as hard 
to be really enjoying the game because you want to make sure everybody's having fun. That's that's what we're here about. We are already having fun, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, my main concern when we're in groups and Kyle usually says, "Hey, like, uh, get your head out of the clouds, man. Like, uh, maybe finish your special research." I'm usually focused on making sure that we're all like together, and nobody's like left out of a conversation. Nobody's twenty yards behind that doesn't want to be there. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. But boxes, bad boxes. We didn't talk yeah. about it too much this week, but we mentioned it last they persist. week. Persist. They're bad. They're really bad. Yeah, uh, they, they are. They're, they're so bad that Chris hasn't bought them either. I haven't. I still have not. I haven't even purchased regular Poker coins for remote raid passes in a while, Kyle, because I don't want to. <laughs> we have to wait until Chris's supply of incubators runs out to see where it <laughs> actually stands. But I have about, I think, 11 supers left and uh, I think seven regulars and my, <laughs> my you know global one. So house. like get that next week? approximately yeah 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 yeah. that's about right i've been on the the free incubator train since GoFest, approximately so almost two months now what train right? is that what what station is that train pull into i it it, it never stops <laughs> okay <laughs> it's, it's like the train from uh snow piercer snow piercer <laughs> yep yeah anyways but I have not bought any of the boxes either. Obviously, free incubator aside, I am buying raid passes, although I'm not doing that many raids. I just do not feel inclined to spend money right now. <laughs> not going to lie. Not liking it right now. I felt kind of bad because I've had lots of people invite me to raids that I would have said yes to, like a number of Cartanas that I probably shouldn't have done, or I probably should have done, and a number of Cartanas that I should have done. But I just, like I said, I just am not spending money on the game right this second. I think I'm just going to maybe ride the next two weeks and try to make it like a month. Yeah, I just I got to see where it's going because I just I can't. It's going to be like sober October, but like right now and Pokemon Go spending instead of other stuff. Yeah. For our last response in the form of an email response to last week's Pokeball, actually. And just so everybody remembers last week's poke poll that we got answers to was if you had to design a new pokemon what object or animal would you have it based on from greninja muffin they said dear other guy and kyle gotta play both sides so i always win i believe i believe last week's email was was the reverse i think i got left out (laughs) it was i can confirm (laughs) this one is hard one that immediately comes to mind is a dolphin pokemon but ultimately, being a massive fish nerd, I would have to go with a Pleco. Particularly my favorite Pleco, the Colombian Zebra Pleco. Google them. It would probably be a water ground type and maybe have Sap Sipper in the main series game to reflect their diet. Hold well, Google. L129, Colombian Zebra Pleco, Hypocystris Debilitera. A strikingly patterned, small growing species from the warm acidic waters of the Rio Orinoco and its tributaries in Colombia is an ideal species for the small to medium community aquarium. Aw. It's so tiny. I like it. it. Is, I love the coloration on it. It could be a Pokemon. 100%. This is a good, this is a good pick. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I got to say it, though. I don't, I don't like, I like fish. I don't love fish. 
I mean, that's that's fair. But we're talking about Pokemon, so, so it's okay. No, but I'm saying I thought that fish was pretty, and I don't like fish. Oh, okay. <laughs> I understand now. I understand yeah, now. it's a pretty fish. Thank you so much for the response, Greninja Muffin. Now for this week's Pokepole. Ooh. What would you say is your greatest skill in Pokemon Go? What part of the game are you just good at compared to the rest? Oh, no. Why would you write this Pokepole? It's going to be an interesting question because I feel like there are a lot of people that just tend to be, have a mind for organization. Like I've seen lots of people that their Pokemon storage is is proper it's cut it's trim there's tags on everything no space is left wasting but they no throw straight balls and not curve balls you know what i mean like <laughs> so i'm curious what everybody's like oh, man do you have an answer ready i mean i don't i i mean my answer is i think i'm thoroughly mediocre at everything in pokemon go like jack of all trades i am not great at anything and the only thing I'm bad at is throwing excellent throws. Okay. So, okay. Like, I don't, I don't know if there's any one thing I feel like I excel at. Like when ever, when you're playing in a group, what do you mm -hmm. think that you do more or better than everybody else does? I mean, even if it's like just persevere through an event or ability to stay focused or um, walk and play at the same time. Cause that's hard for some people, you know? Well, one of two things comes to mind for me, but I don't actually know how true it is. One, I, I feel like I tend to have a more consistent team of Pokemon I use for a raid. So like when we go to whatever the a raid is, someone mm -hmm. might have whatever the recommended team is, and I will usually have six Pokemon set up for that raid. So that you're I'm as prepared using. as you can be. Like, yeah, I, I like at. to make sure I have... I don't have all of the optimal counters maxed out, but uh -huh. I like to make sure that I use everything that is optimal that I own. I think that's a great answer. So if you were if you were not happy about that answer, I think that was perfect. OK, well, yeah. that's that's the best answer that I've got, at least well, whether it's true or not, you know. It, it can speak for itself, <laughs> you know, over the years, Kyle, of working with you professionally and um, as a fellow podcaster and and all sorts of things, I've learned to take what I can get. So that was a good answer. <laughs> Yep. Uh, for myself, I think, and I'm, I don't really like even kind of care about it that much, but I, I think I'm really quite good at throwing consistent pokeballs and getting good high quality catches, like catching excellent throws on things. is not difficult for me. I can do it while moving, walking, talking, all that sort of stuff. So, I mean, and that's, that's maybe not even a skill. It's probably just something practiced that I've just gotten good at because I've put so many hours into this game. <laughs> But uh, I'm I'm kind of proud of it to a degree, I suppose. It's good experience. It's good experience. That's for sure. <laughs> well, dear listener, if you have an answer to this week's Pokepole question, which once again is what would you say is your greatest skill in Pokemon Go? What part of the game are you just good at compared to the rest? You can answer the question. We post it on Twitter at GoCast Podcast. You can post your answer to our patron discord if you are a patron via Patreon in our Pokepole channel. You can also answer via Spotify, via the mobile app. I will post the question on there as well. It's kind of cool. You can see the ones that I've gone through and been like, that's a good answer, that's a good answer. They're pinned at the top. It's neat. So get a good <laughs> answer in and I'll pin it. Pin it. 
You can also answer the question two other ways. That's via email, mail at gocastpodcast.com or via voicemail to 262-586-7717. And speaking of emails and voicemails, we're going to get to those in just a second here. But first and foremost, we're going to pass it on over to Fish and DeFi for this week's PvP Corner segment, where they're going to be doing a GBL Cup update, the Play Pokemon event this past weekend in Baltimore, and that'll be cool from DeFi's perspective because she was there and involved. I don't want to ruin any of that or steal any thunder, so we'll wait. And of course, much, much more. Over to the two of you. Hi, I'm Fish on a Hater. And I'm DeFi250. And this is PvP Corner, the PvP segment that still hasn't thought of a witty intro yet. DeFi, what is going on in PvP right now? Well, starting tomorrow as of this recording, we will be in the Open Ultra League and Ultra League Premier Classic. So another week of only Ultra League as being the options. Remember, Ultra League Premier Classic is no legendaries or mythicals, no Pokemon that have been powered up with XL. Uh, and we mentioned last week some Pokemon that normally take XL candy, like your Trevenant, your Nidoqueen, Steelix, Crobat, Toxicroak. You can run them as a hundo. If you have a really good hundo or really good 98, you can use it in uh, Ultra League Premier Classic and just not power it up with XL. Uh, I know for Trevenant specifically, the rank one is 10, 15, 15 IVs. So that is one that you've got to be careful when, you know, appraising your Pokemon. It might be better than you think. And after that, looking one week ahead, Open Master League and Master League Premier Classic, a very rare week where Master League being the only choice. Uh, Master League Premier Classic, very similar rules to Ultra League Premier Classic. No legendaries or mythicals and no Pokemon that have been powered up with XL. We talked a little last week about a bit of meta expansion. Um, people have been using like a Hundo Empoleon, a Hundo Venusaur um, in Master League Premier Classic. So I'm really interested. I want to try to play a little bit that week of Master League Premier Classic, see if I can't work on my Master League badge, like try to get platinum on that. Yeah. Here's something I found very, very interesting this season. Um, in previous seasons, there has always been some sort of Great League option available. Maybe not always, just like in, in recent memory, there's always been some sort of Great League option available to play during the Ultra League and Master League uh, parts of the season. This time, there's not. It's, uh, you know, two weeks of, of all Great League options, then two weeks of all Ultra League options, and two weeks of only Master League options. And that has put me in a position that I have seen so many other people going through lately, which is the, the kind of, like, not having anything to run, not having, like, the, the Pokemon available to effectively compete in these leagues and i'm not saying that as a complaint i find it very interesting because it's forcing me out of my comfort zone and it's forcing me to grow as a battler i've realized this season how much i relied on those great league options and now not having any great league options available it's it's forcing me to to learn and become a better battler like my my elo is terrible (laughs) at the moment but it's it's okay because like i'm i'm learning I'm, I'm learning new things. 
Yeah. And that's obviously what's most important is learning and growing. Uh, that's what mm. we encourage. So I agree. I think it's a good thing to kind of force battlers out of their comfort zone. Otherwise, a lot of people would just stick to Great League. I think it's nice to let some of these other metas shine. Yeah. However, sure. in looking at one week, more week ahead, we'll have Open Master League, but then they give us a Great League Cup as well. So they it's only the Master League option for one week. And then October 6th through the 13th, we have the Open Master League and the Evolution Cup. Also, you can think of it as the Middle Child Cup. So only Pokemon that evolved at least once and can evolve again will be eligible. So if you think Charmander, Charmeleon, Charizard, it would be the Charmeleon that's eligible. Not the Charmander, not the Charizard. So a Middle Evolution Pokemon. Which also completely... Uh, invalidates what I just said about there not being any Great League options during Master League. Well, th- it was for three straight weeks. Um, there yeah, were no Great yeah. League options. It was only Ultra and only Master. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. So that's a, st- that's a solid chunk of time. A solid chunk, yeah. So moving on, we have an event coming up, which is so unusual in Pokemon Go. Ne- never have those <laughs> events coming up. Uh, it is Fashion Week. So... So you would have heard Chris and Carl talking about Fashion Week and what to look forward to. We want to take a look at it from a PvP perspective. And the first thing that we have to look at is Toxapex. DeFi, I've heard some very, very scary things about Toxapex. I have too, that it is busted. Like absolutely game-breaking. So I'm very curious how this is going to play out in the meta. Yeah, so... Here's the deal. It is a very, very bulky Pokemon. We're talking Cresselia level bulk. It's got water and poison typing, which is actually a, a quite a good typing combination defensively. Um, completely walls Azumarill, which, you know, can't throw anything for even neutral damage against it. And it's got Poison Jab, Muddy Water, and Sludge Wave as moves. Now... On its own, those moves aren't super broken, but combined with its insane bulk, what that ends up happening is it gets absolutely walled by steel Pokemon, but absolutely bodies everything else in the meta. If you look at the PV Poke rankings with those moves, if you look at a PV Poke battle simulation with that Pokemon and those moves, it will beat everything or practically everything in the meta that is not a steel type. Now, that makes it a very polarizing Pokemon, which is bad for the overall meta of PvP. You don't want to have anything that just auto wins against everything else and then auto loses against this one group of Pokemon because it just takes out the the playability um, and and the gamesmanship of PvP. I don't have too much more to add. I think (laughs) it's going to be really interesting. Maybe it won't get the moves that we think it'll get, and it'll get something maybe a little bit less good. Like, Muddy Water is not that great of a move. Mm. Uh, Like, I think Poison Jab is the big problem there. I think giving it some other move other than Poison Maybe Water Gun instead of Poison Jab, that might make it a little less problematic. It'll be interesting. So definitely something to keep your eye on. For the rest of Fashion Week, we can really quickly just highlight some of the PvP-relevant mons. Again, Chris and Kyle went more into this. 
But just for PvP in the 7k eggs, crow a gunk, you got to get a bro a gunk. And now that mm-hmm. you can evolve them, which is pretty cool, you can get a toxa bro with <laughs> its own cool hat, which is pretty great. Um, in raids, Yvatal being back in raids is huge. I love Yvatal, it's a very, very fun Master League pick. Um, so grind those XLs. Uh, also in raids, you can get crow a gunk, scrafty, and the toxapex. Spawns out in the wild will be Croagunk Frillish. We love a good Frillish spawn as well as Toxapex. And then in research, Eevee, which you can evolve, you can get the XL candy for, um, for Umbreon, maybe a Master League Sylveon, and then Croagunk and Toxapex in research. So lots of opportunities to get candies, maybe get some that you re-roll the IVs with friends later. Lots of good stuff. Just a reminder that Saturday, October 1st, we'll be having our first go battle day for the season this will be happening during open master league and master league premier classic you will get four times win rewards you will get four times stardust from win rewards and 20 sets instead of the usual five for 100 battles total there is timed research all day that includes extra xp rare candy and an elite charge tm looking forward to that and in the research and in the research line, you can get yourself a watch and bracelet for your avatar inspired by Guzma. I am really looking forward to that. Uh, I'm gonna. It's gonna give me a reason to try to play some Master League Premier Classic. So I'm looking forward yeah. to it. We're going to skip the Sylph news for this week. We don't have any new information. What we do have is a lot of information for Play Pokemon. Uh, We had Baltimore, Bilbao, and Porto Alegre that happened this weekend. Uh, Let's go ahead and start off with Bilbao in Spain for their special event. Their winner was Basics. Basics had an Altaria, Lickitung, Tapufini, Toxicroak, Trevenant, and Registeel. So Basics won a travel award and a ticket to world in yokohama japan the runner up also got a ticket to japan like entry to japan and that was vani another very popular uh pokemon go player um vani had shadow obama snow lick a tongue shadow needle queen swampert sableye and registeel so those two were really interesting i thought i love seeing the tapu fini on basic side and the toxicroak that is such an interesting pair of pokemon to kind of take and win it all uh followed up with vani um, having a much like a generally more meta team, but then the Shadow Obama Snow instead of the Wall Rain, because Wall Rain definitely took a fall this weekend. Uh, mm-hmm. I hardly saw any. They were out there, but much much fewer. Which is so weird. I don't know why that. That like I Wall Rain's still good. I don't know why it's it's taken such a hit. I think we're going to see it come back because this weekend we saw a big rise of flyers. I can talk mm. about that more in Baltimore. Cool. Dex B and Ozukin also had a top four finish, which is pretty good. No prizes, no tickets to Worlds, but still pretty good. Um, I really liked the Talonflame on Dex B's team. And Ozukin had a Diggersby, which was pretty cool. Altaria was definitely everywhere. Both of those, the player three and player four had those on their team. Is there anything else you want to note about Bill Bow's players and teams, Fish? No, you covered it. Awesome. Then let's move on to Porto Alegre, Brazil. LNDS is kind of like a PvP group, like a faction or a gang. Um, <laughs> and 
every single person who placed in Porto Alegre has LNDS in front of their name. Um, so LNDS Wargaf is the regional champion. They brought a jump fluff and a wall rain. So wall rain is still there and good. Also a knock towel, which is super fun. And then the runner up who got the entry to worlds, but not the travel award, LNDS Oreo had a lantern love to see it also mm. a knock towel as well as lick a tongue metacham sableye and galarian stun fisk so fish in the top one and two spots in our regional winner and runner up those were some interesting picks did you see anything else you noticed there or maybe in our third place or fourth place finish probably the only thing worth mentioning there is the jump bluff inclusion um jump bluff is actually like it's gotten some attention lately as being a grass type that is double weak to ice and yet can still beat war rain which is really interesting it's that bulky all right moving on to baltimore which we have the most information for and i can definitely talk the most about because i was able to cast it house stark 93 is our regional champion out of baltimore the first one in north america was very exciting he did not drop a single game the entire tournament um never fell down to the losers brackets never even lost a match so that was really awesome to watch house stark brought noctowl obstagoon trevenant shadow swampert alola ninetales and galarian stunfisk the runner up who was actually house stark's teammate in the ghost stadium elite is elam elam as the runner up brought altaria Lickitung, Metacham, Swampert, Trevenant, and Galarian Stunfisk. We had lots and lots of other teams and people who had really good finishes. In the top four, we also had Dunebug and Silent Beast. Looking at top eight, we had Wadaj, Onion Frank, Hot Pocket, and Skeptical Tracer. Uh, looking through all of these teams, Fish, is there anything you notice in particular that you want to call out? Yes, I'd like to call out Onion Frank for um, their name. That is terrible. Um, no, <laughs> um, Onion Frank had a Shadow Victory Bell, which a lot of people would have given them a bit of flack over because that it gets kind of a, a bad rap, the Shadow Razor Leafers. And we've also got... I, I really, really like Wigglytuff from Skeptical Tracer. Obviously, has to avoid steel types. It's got really nothing against the steels. But... Uh, most other things, it can it can really do some work. I agree. Onion Frank, um, looking back at the victory bell, we definitely mentioned on the stream a ton of times, Onion Frank loves to run ABB, like Bastiodon, double Razor Leaf kind of team. So the inclusion of Shadow Victory Bell was very on point for Onion Frank. We also noted, too, um, Hot Pocket and Wadaj were both qualified to go to London. Uh, in last year's Worlds tournament, but they were in the seniors division, the under-18 division. And since we no longer have an under-18 division, everybody's all together, we thought it was really cool that two of our previous senior division competitors finished right in the top eight with everybody else. Mm, totally. The youth. This is a game the for youth, the youth. The kids. <laughs> The kids, the youngins. But there were just so many great battles, lots of really funny moments in Baltimore. I highly recommend going back and watching the VOD or going back on um, Pokemon's official YouTube channel to check out the YouTube videos. 
Onion Frank and Hot Pocket are really good friends, and they their battle was full of laughs, and you could tell they were just talking to each other the whole time. That's cool. So that was really fun. Yeah, Obstagoon being back and a problem again. Uh, we saw that in the Milwaukee Regional. So House Stark and Dunebug both brought Obstagoon, uh, and that p- proved to be super useful for a lot of people and a challenge for many others. Wadage, I thought the Umbreon was interesting mm-hmm. in Wadage's team. Uh, I feel like we haven't seen a ton of Umbreon in Open Great League, but it definitely did a lot of good work. It's just so bulky. We've been seeing more Mandibuzz, honestly. So it was interesting to see Umbreon make a little bit of a comeback. But I would say the biggest takeaway from Baltimore was the rise of the Flyers. Mm. We saw Skarmory, Altaria, Noctowl, Jumpluff, just all kinds of flying type Pokemon out there uh, with the lack of wall rain. So I think we're going to start to see um, maybe some more ice types to come check that, whether that be more wall rain or perhaps a bomb of snow. A lot of the Ninetales. Dugong. 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 I'd love to see some Dugong strats. Yes. So I think <laughs> I think we're going to see quite a bit more of that in the future. And what about your casting experience? Is there anything that, uh, I mean, stood out to you being your second time around? Any kind of differences between this this one and the last time? I definitely felt a lot more confident and more comfortable casting. I was super excited to be able to open the tournament with Gabby Snyder. It was neat to have two women casting together Mm. on day one. And then day two, I casted with Wholesome, Wholesome underscore. And that was a really good time as well. We work really well together. So both were really special days. Both were really fun. It always goes so fast, even though there's such Mm. long streams. Um, It seems to go by really, really quickly. All right, so upcoming, we have like our next round of events is September 32, October 2nd. We've got Peoria in Illinois, USA. October 14 to 16 is Salt Lake City, Utah. And October 22 to 23 is Lily in France. And we will be looking forward to that coverage, which ones are streamed, which ones aren't streamed. Very exciting. I was so bummed. So Bill Bow was streamed kind of on a secondary stream, but I don't think we had a stream for Porto Alegre and I would have loved to see some of these battles. Yeah, totally. Totally. All right. So are we ready to move on? Yes, we have some big news. We have some big, <laughs> we have a big order of business to take care of. Yeah. The last couple of weeks we've been accepting entries into a go-cast naming contest where you had to, where participants had to, make a Pokemon their buddy and nickname it something that was a pun on a celebrity's name. And we mentioned a whole bunch last week that we just absolutely loved. And we've had so many more entries that we also loved. We just can't pick a single winner. It's been too darn difficult, DeFi. It's been impossible. There were too many good ones. There were all of the ones we talked about last week, which weren't even necessarily all of our favorites. They were just ones that we saw uh, and noticed. And then even more entries came in. It can't, it can't be done. We can't. We can't do it. We need help. We need some so, assistance. Yeah. So what we've what we've done is we have painstakingly narrowed our entries down to a top four. And what we're going to do is put a poll up on the. GoCast Discord account and also in the GoCast Discord server. 
and we're going to let the public decide between these four. I mean, there, there, there are some Pokemon. I mean, there are some names that missed out that I'm, I'm filthy about. It was, it was so hard just saying, "All right, no, you're out. You're, you're not going to London." <laughs> um, but we've, we've managed to do it. This is what we have narrowed it down to, in no particular order. We've got an entry from Kelvin McRae, which is Kim Karzasian. We've got Blissey Elliott from Nate Dog Six Seven Three, Abe Clinken from Giraffachu, and Pig Knight Shyamalan from Team Magma Tyler. That's our top four. That's our finalists. That's our world championship competitors. And what we are going to do is we are going to put a poll out on Twitter. That'll come from the GoCast podcast official Twitter account. We're going to tally up all the votes for the next week and declare the winner of the $20 gift card (laughs) next week. (laughs) So much fanfare for a $20 gift card. We have to give it the appropriate fanfare because the entries were that phenomenal yeah of course of course um so we, we are not just to be clear we are not accepting any more entries entries are closed um and it will and we will announce the winners once we have the results of our poll moving on shameless plugs DeFi, anything to plug nope i would just again recommend going back and checking out the vod for the baltimore regional championships you can check that out on youtube at youtube dot com slash Pokemon looking for the go tournaments for day one and two or you can go on twitch.tv slash Pokemon go and check out the VODs for day one and day two they are definitely worth watching and they were a lot of fun to cast and for me uh just check out the breakdown of Ultra League Premier Classic that I did with Lyle Jeffs the third you can find that on our YouTube channel there's also just a five minute quick summary of it uh, that is there as well and of course we will be doing the same thing for master league premier classic this tuesday night us time at 8 30 so come and join us on twitch and youtube there also just want to give a shout out to lily bear from the palatown server who hit ace and triptando who hit veteran And with that, I think that's a segment. We love hearing feedback from you. If you have questions or suggestions for Fisher for myself, you can direct your feedback to pvpcorner at gocastpodcast.com. Maybe you have another contest idea for us. Let us know. (laughs) In the show description, you can also click on more fish or more DeFi-E to take you to our other projects and ways to contact us. And with that, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much, DeFi and Fish. I switched your names just like that other person did in that email for us. <laughs> ah, thank you so much for another PvP Corner segment. That was fantastic. We appreciate the two of you so very, very much. Okay, Mr. Kyle, I think there's something else we do on this show to show appreciation, but I can't remember what it is. It's time for emails. Oh, that's right. And a couple of voicemails. And I do mean it. We appreciate the amount of interaction and stuff we get from all of you listeners. People tell us this is one of their favorite parts of the show. So thank you so, so much. It's also one of ours. We've got two voicemails. This first one is from Sarah. I'm going to play it right now. Hello, GoCast. This is Sarah from Finland. 
Uh, your discussion about the terrible boxes prompted me to share a story about the only time I ever considered buying Pokeballs from the in-game shop. <laughs> it was the Galarian Zigzagoon Community Day, which everyone hailed as the best event ever, and I was going to spend it on a summer cabin in the middle of nowhere. So when the event started, I saw the research tasks. The goal was to catch 100 Galarian Zigzagoon. I had slightly over 100 Pokeballs in my inventory. Challenge accepted. I popped an incense and started walking. The catches accumulated nicely, but occasionally I missed a throw or the Pokemon broke out. I started to get desperate. Am I really going to have to spend money on Pokeballs? Oh no. I opened all of my gifts and even went and claimed the daily free box for like two Pokeballs and one <laughs> potion. Finally, it was down to five Zigzagoon and five Pokeballs. My hands were sweaty. The last one. An excellent throw and it's a catch. I had successfully completed the research and I had exactly zero Pokeballs left. So, that was the story of the only time I ever considered buying virtual Pokeballs. Sorry for the long voicemail and shiny vibes. <laughs> oh, oh, man. That's I can, fantastic. I can feel the stress. In, yeah, in the I, was, I was stressed listening to the story. I was like, oh, no, where's it going to oh, no. go? <laughs> well thank you so much for sending that in and sharing that story with us i think we can all kind of relate to that moment more or less and and while some of us would be like oh yeah i'll just be unintelligent and spend money on pokeballs like myself other people uh don't choose to do that so i'm sure that's much more relatable kyle <laughs> i've done it one time yeah just once just, just once. once yeah yep mm -hmm. he wasn't himself no i just there was a shiny i had to catch it Oh, okay. That makes sense. So did you buy the smallest amount you could? I don't remember. I only remember doing wow. it, but I don't remember what I actually spent because I had already he, bought the coins. So he blacked out so that he could do it without feeling bad about it. That's why he doesn't remember. Yeah. <laughs> it was for Chuckarita. For Chuckarita? Chuckarita. Is <laughs> it just like a Chickarita, but like a, a middle-aged man? Chuck? Arita? Yeah. Okay. All right. Anyway, thank you so much for the voicemail, Sarah. We're going to uh, pass it on over to... Oh, my God. Why did I say that? Our next voicemail is from Brian. Hey, Chris and Kyle. My name is Brian, and I just want to say you guys are the best. Uh, I love listening to you guys' podcast. Like I said in my first voicemail, I am still waiting for the day where you guys will do an episode every day. And, uh, yeah, but for now, beggars can be choosers, so I'll take what I can get, and uh, I'll take all the episodes you got. And, um, yeah, just saying you guys are doing great. Uh, I do have a question, though, and uh, I found myself recently in this predicament, uh, well, not really a predicament, but uh, in this situation where I, I feel this weird compulsion to catch certain Pokemon, even though I have no rhyme or reason they're not very good like um for example like a pineco like whenever i see a pineco pop up i'm like oh i gotta catch it 
And I don't really know why. I don't really like Pine Co. I don't, it's not really good in PvP. I, I mean, I can't really do much with it. I, I already have a shiny. But to this day, like, it pops up and I'm, something inside of me is like, Brian, you gotta catch this. And so, my question to you guys is, have you ever experienced this where there's a certain Pokemon that pops up and something inside of you is like, I gotta catch it. And you're like, why? I, there's nothing good about this. And, you know, cause we all have certain Pokemon that, uh, they pop up and you're like, eh, no loss on me. You know, like, uh, <laughs> Fletchling, you know, it's like, nobody wants that. But Whoa, anyway, that's my question is, are there certain Pokemon that, uh, in your personal, like, mental intelligent assessment have no value, but yet something inside your heart's like, catch it anyways. Go for it. You have to get this one. And, um, yeah, so for me, it's Pineco, uh, Magmar. And there's a couple other ones where I'm like, Magmar? Like, Dedene? I don't know why, but for some Dedene. reason, like, Dedene pops up and I'm like, ooh, I'm gonna catch this one. <laughs> I'm like, every time I'm like, oh, I could have wasted so much better time catching other things. And I don't know. So anyways, love you guys. And I uh, can't wait to hear what Pokemon are your guilty pleasures to catch, even though you know there's no benefit to this. All right, guys. Bye. All right. Well, first of all, Brian, thank you so much for the voicemail. appreciate it. Uh, and and thank you for giving it a, a few tries. That was well worth the wait and the effort. So the question is, just to summarize it again, what's a Pokemon that you feel compelled to catch despite it uh, face value or otherwise not having much value? All right, Chris, do you have an answer? Do you want me to go? Yeah, first? but I don't think it doesn't have value is the problem. For me, it's Rufflet. I have to catch every single Rufflet I see. Okay. How do you feel about that? Does that count? <laughs> I don't know if it counts because it's a favorite. Like, yeah, like yeah. you really like Rufflet, so you catch it. Doesn't right. matter that it's not meta relevant. That's why you're catching it. I think for me, I'd probably have to think about it a little bit longer. But the first answer is Hitmonchan and Hitmonlee. That's like a they're one. they're wow. uncommon. You don't see them very often. They're not worth anything. Like, I don't even know if there's any spice to using them in PvP. I don't think so. And every time I see them, I'm like, oh, click that. Mm -hmm. I already have shinies for both of them, multiple shinies for both of them. It doesn't matter, though. <laughs> it's an interesting oh, spot. You, know you know what I think is another good one for me if uh, if Rufflet doesn't count? Goldeen. Okay. Remember, it was so rare for a while. And during that time when it came back and I had it shiny out, I built this reflexive muscle of just always checking them and catching them. <laughs> okay. Because they were like pseudo rare and then they weren't. It's like I also catch every Pidgey I see for the same reason. I catch every Pidgey for different reasons, but they don't spawn very often anymore. So, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, thank you very much for the voicemail, Brian. Appreciate it and appreciate you. And we've got some emails as well. This first one is from Giratine. Oh, again, back from last week. Here's the update for my Rock and Roller Community Day. I ended the day on eight shiny. Despite being able to play, despite being able to only play for two hours, I ended with around 160. Nice rate. Nice rate. The most heartbreaking thing about that day was that when I checked if I had managed to catch a hundo, 
151515 rock and roll up my pride and joy i checked an hour later and it was gone after discovering i had accidentally transferred it it was thrown into a very long trade i was thrown into a very long trading session to see if i could get another hundo where i never got one i still pulled a lucky 98% good enough for me but still not the hundo shiny vibes all peace so Kyle, there's the pain you said you were feeling oh. about, you know, I don't know how many hundos I've transferred or <laughs> nundos, right? Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, it's tragic. You got to favorite that stuff right away, man. Mm-hmm. 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 I'm sorry. We feel your pain. Thank you so much for writing in. And hopefully next commute today, you'll have more luck. And yeah, make sure you mark it. Make sure you mark them. This next one is from Neek. And this is actually in the form of a text message to our voicemail line number. So you can do that as well. Hello, GoCast. I discovered you through ISC. It's super effective and use you as a filler when I'm out of podcasts for the week. It's really nice to know where we stand uh, with a listener when they write in. Yeah. I would like to know what your favorite evil team in Pokemon is and a Pokemon that you think is disturbing. Mine would be Team Flare and the most disturbing Pokemon is hands down Dracovish. Sincerely, Neek. Okay. So what do you think, Kyle? Evil team and most disturbing. Why don't you do both answers or I can do both answers and then we'll swap. All right. Favorite evil team is Team Aqua because it's it's so ridiculous. It's the most ridiculous plan I feel that any evil team has had. Just, I want to flood the world. Why? Yeah. Because yeah. that's what we want to do. <laughs> They don't give you a better reason. And that's what makes it great. Because we should. And we're gonna. (laughs) As for disturbing, I'm they Neek went for, I think, design wise. I'm thinking more concept concept wise. For me, it's Shedinja because it's literally dead. It doesn't have wings, but it flies and there's a crack in its back and it said, if you look inside the crack, you get your soul sucked out. And that's just very disturbing to me. It's a portal to the netherworld and it's back. It's got to be. Send you the shadow realm when you look inside. That's right. The river sticks and then nothing. Uh, all right. So for myself, I think my favorite evil team is team yell because all they are is obnoxious and I can really get behind that. Bunch it's of fantastic. Annoying football fans. Exactly. Sorry, football. And, you know, speaking of ISE, I loved it when Will said Team Honk. I definitely screamed, laughed at that. That was very funny because it's not wrong. <laughs> it's really it's really not wrong. It might as well be Team Honk. Um, <laughs> and then the most disturbing Pokemon, I, I say it's got to be Spoink because in its Pokedex entry, if it stops moving, its heart stops. It's like um, it's like Jason Statham in, in Crank, but the oh Pokemon. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that one's a little bit messed up, uh, but there's no shortage of messed up Pokemon. So, mm-hmm. Anyway, thank you very much for the text message slash email. Neek, appreciate you. Next email is from Artemis Dragon. They said, hello again, GoCast team one and all. Artemis Dragon here, and I'd like to report an injustice that has tarnished the franchise since the very beginning that no one is talking about. Now, I may get canceled for saying this, but it's been on my mind for a long time now, and I just had to put it out there. Uh-oh. Okay, here it goes. The ghastly line should have never, ever been part poison. 
Sorry this offends any Ghastly Haunter or Gengar fans out there, looks at Kyle. But these are my own opinionated facts, and that's just how I feel. Ghost Poison is one of the worst types, worst typings imaginable. And if anyone out there disagrees, then you're in denial, friend, because it's bad. I'm talking Clefairy commotion level bad. <laughs> just ask yourself this. What are ghosts designed to do? Defeat ghosts and psychics, right? What does the ghastly line lose to? Ghosts and psychics. Come on, Pokemon Company. Stop using the Spider-Man versus Spider-Man meme on us. Not cool. I've known this was a mistake since Mewtwo first arrived in EX raids back in 2017. Of course, I didn't get my first Mewtwo invite until 2018, but I won't reopen that old wound yet, Niantic. <laughs> Arceus knows we had very little to work with due to how limited we were back then, but we made do with what we had, and what we had was poor, poor Gengar. Shaking my head, I still remember how bad it was. All Mewtwo had to do was look at Gengar and poof, another Gengar would replace it with only three-fourths of its HP from me. <laughs> True words have never Ooh. been spoken. Psycho cut from a Mewtwo did like 10 damage per hit and confusion. It might as well have been a charge move. Just three... <laughs> <laughs> Just three confusions and Gengar just dematerializes. <laughs> I recently maxed one of my Hundo Gengars to 40 for those Deoxys raids just to see how good it would be with the mega defensive boost. And oh my god, y'all, as you can expect, I still got destroyed. Why? Because that poison subtyping on a defenseless ghost type makes no sense against psychics. I was relieved and thrilled when Giratina Origin came to Pokemon Go about a year or so later. Because running Gengar is just stressful. Thank goodness that we now have a ghost type that was powerful and tanky enough to handle OP psychic types, as is all I'm saying. If the target has a fighting charge move, Gengar is insanely good, fine. But beyond that, you may as well be running a Weedle. To close this ridiculously long rant out, I'd just like to say that if I had one wish, it just one wish, it would be for the entire Ghastly family to not be weak to psychic types anymore. Just remove it from everything Pokemon related from here on out. The game has enough poison types after all these years, so I think we'll be fine. Just let it be mono ghost or better yet, normal ghost or hear me out. A branch evolution line for Haunter. That would be hype. Thanks for reading my email. And for all you do, y'all, Artemis Dragon signing off. Okay. This is all you, Kyle. So th this is this is me. Mm -hmm. First things first, I have to say, I don't disagree at all. Wow. Like, in in my heart, I love the poison because it solidifies the purple theming for Gengar. <laughs> okay. But there, okay. there's no arguing like the facts there. But there's more facts you can't argue with. First off, I'm not sure, Artemis Dragon, if you've have a background in the main series games or if you do where you started out with but in the first generation when Gengar came out it was the only ghost in the entire game ghost did not counter psychic in fact it was the other way around and psychic countered ghost and psychic was immune to ghost so the poison typing was just a cherry on top in that instance for whenever you fought a psychic type which is kind of funny and that said, the poison typing 
has its own advantages because it gets stabbed from stuff like Sludge Bomb in the main series games. And poke, and Gengar is super fast. So who cares if he gets popped in one hit because he pops the other guy in one hit. And Pokemon Go obviously suffers because of this. All of that said, all of these negatives in Gengar's favor, Gengar's still the top choice. It doesn't even matter that he only takes two hits because the two hits he gives back does more than Giratina does. And that is just chef's kiss because it's it's too good. that You, you only last those two confusions, but your two shadow balls back make it worth it. I think I think Chris has something he wants to add. Shadow Ball Mewtwo. I mean, I, I think uh, I think a side strike Mewtwo would be a worse raid for Gengar. No, I'm talking about just mean. ghost DPS in general. No, doesn't even matter. Gengar still does more than a Shadow Ball Mewtwo would do to a Mewtwo. Stab. It's a yeah. big deal. Yeah, that's fair. It's a big Gengar has like. Gengar has 261 attack. That's that's still really high. It's but it not 300, 300 but 100. it has stab. So, mm-hmm. And stab is 1.6 in go, I think. So, Okay, well, point, point taken. Point taken. Also, I just, oh, sorry, yeah. Also, learn to dodge. <laughs> like, <laughs> Gengar is one of the Pokemon where dodging is life-changing if you dodge anything it becomes a tickle and your gengar lives 10 times longer and then suddenly you are way out dps in the giratina right but that also is very difficult when they have a psychic quick move because you know yeah but whatever you can also you can dodge the quick moves you can it's just it's difficult to to time quick moves and charge moves from like a Double Psychic Mewtwo if you're running a Mega Gengar. That's what I'm saying. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, but Mega... I mean, I, 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 that's the one part I disagree with. I think Mega Gengar actually is moderately bulky. It's not as bulky as other Megas, obviously, but... Yeah, especially it's bulkier than a, Giratina. Especially against a raid strength like Mewtwo or something, yeah. Yeah, well, Mewtwo is so Mew... And that's... Okay, so last closing remark. Ghost types are for ghosts and psychics. Do you know what else is for ghosts and psychics? That's just a nice little needle to all ghost types. Dark. Dark. Dark has so many better options than ghost does, at least in Go. <clears throat> Hydragon. Honchcrow. <laughs> but, but Hydragon is like a better option nine times out of ten right now. If yeah. you need ghost, just bring Hydragon instead. Also, just the clout you get from the Hydrogon. Yeah. Yeah. Hashtag Gengar love. Always. Okay. <laughs> All right. But I'm yeah, taking that. that. That's, <laughs> that poison. It, it makes me sad still. All right. Artemis Dragon, sounds like you found a, a brother in the same passionate opinion that you have. So we're not canceling anybody today. Not today. This next one is from Dead Rockstar. Dead Rock Star. <laughs> it's funny with the way it's spelled. Love it. Hey, oh, GoCast crew. I'd like to thank you guys for being a solid source of Pogo news and digestible information. You've helped me raise my overall efficiency in the game with your tips regarding ways to play, what to spend my time on, and what not to do. My girlfriend and I have been playing more frequently. I've been using your information to help her improve her game. And with the launch of the Daily Incense, 
we've been going out on more polka walks and exploring around Minneapolis and visiting new places I've never been, even though I've lived here for six years. I have a few things I'd like to say. Uh Oh, (laughs) I love the gear up section. I'm always wondering what's worth catching and spending my time on while I catch most mons. If you don't, you're leaving Stardust on the table, but it's always nice getting some guidance on what's actually worth it. So thank you, Kyle. Chris, I'm not sure if you've ever been told this before, but your voice is great for radio hosting. So is my face. Your hosting and voice and audio quality is one of the reasons I enjoy your podcast. Well, thank you, because I lose sleep over that. So I appreciate you saying <laughs> uh, fish and DeFi. I really enjoy how you break things down for PVP for the element cup. We had a month or so ago. I was able to choose a decent team with what I had and confidently battle. Oftentimes I skip PVP. So that made it a little more fun for me with your section on the show. I wish you would pause on topics a bit. Talk about things for a while and let them air out. I always feel your section of the show feels rushed like a work meeting or something. So if you guys could tweak things to make them more digestible, at least for me, it would be a bit more enjoyable. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to insert something really quick. The two of them also make content outside of our show. So if you're looking for some more PVP content in a different format, you can find stuff from them there. Uh, And in their defense, the two of them try not to spend too, too, too much time because they are so knowledgeable about, about PVP they could fill out an equal length to our show every week. They really, really could. And uh, they do their best to, to try to remain a segment. Uh, so I'll, I'll pass on the information to them, though, and, and uh, see what they make of it. Thank you for the feedback. All right. This portion of the email is labeled hot takes. Oof. <laughs> While I clearly love your podcast, I have a few things I'd like to mention. My first hot take, and it isn't really about the podcast, more about the Pogo culture, is about shiny Pokemon. It seems like anywhere and everywhere you read stuff about Pokemon Go, you can't escape people talking about the shiny hunt. While I also think it's fun and exciting to see a shiny Pokemon pop up on the screen, it almost seems like players use it to judge or determine how well they're doing in the game. My hot take is I'd like to see shinies be even more elusive, harkening back to the OG Pokemon games that most of us find so near and dear. I believe they should be a statistical anomaly. If you get one, it should be out of sheer luck and nothing else. All right, well, let's talk about that first hot take first. I think we've come around to this point and agreed at some point with this. So here's my thought on this, and it's it's a little bit of a longer thought. Main series Pokemon game has, I would say, four things you can do. You can shiny hunt. You can breed. You can catch battle, which I, which if you want to keep them separate, you can make that five, and you can play the story. That can include post-game story like Battle Tower and whatever the current game has. That's a lot of activities. In Go, like catching is not optional, so it's not like you can choose whether you're doing that or not. So I don't think that's an activity you can focus on in the same way. So that leaves shiny hunting, and battling because the game doesn't have a story and some people don't like to battle. So it makes sense that shinies are such a large focus because it's the main thing in the game that you can focus on in go specifically. Now, whether it needs to be more rare or less, I personally don't care one way or another. Maybe I'm kind of weird like that because I'm going to keep playing anyways. So I don't have a, I don't have a stake in that race. 
we've talked about shiny rates before in the past because like if you're on a route in a pokemon og game like let's just say in ruby right if you're shadow if you're shiny hunting in ruby and you want to find a particular pokemon you can go to a particular grass patch and you will get infinite encounters or chances at encounters in that patch of grass and in pokemon go especially nowadays the the spawn pools are quite a bit diluted even with seasons around now to try to keep them less flooded they are still quite diluted and you don't get a guaranteed opportunity to grind that thing except for things like community day or nests at certain parks but there's no guarantee that what you're looking for is even a nesting species right so there are arguments one way or the other are there certainly some times where it's like, I wish people would stop talking about the shinies and talk about other things that seem important, like core gameplay features and stuff like that. You're right. But for some other people, they get their core gameplay stuff out of other Pokemon games and they're just there for their social aspect of it. And the shinies are an easy dopamine hit for them on community days while they're talking to a friend. And I feel like all players sort of fall on a spectrum between the points that we, the two points that we just like identified. Yeah, I agree. Shinies are a very easy thing to talk about. Mm -hmm. And everything else that we can really talk about requires fundamental changing if we want to have discussions. Right. And Go is not going to fundamentally change. Go is what it is. And trying to change it is like, you know, screaming in the wind. It's You're not going to accomplish anything there. You either yeah. got to take it or leave it at some point. It's, it's also... Shininess is also one of the only attributes in a game that is really safe from cheaters. You can't really brag about your hundo IV if you used a scanner or something to find it. It's not as exciting to everybody else to play as the game promise me. I promise you it's not because everybody else is excited about their hundos when they get them out there, right? Their own way or whatever the case might be. The same thing cannot be said for shininess because every single instance is is a role of the RNG for every single person. It's the only way to really get a leg up on somebody else is have more encounters than they do within their period of time. And it, that's really kind of limited by spaces pretty, pretty well. Go to a, a, a nice habited space like a downtown area if you can, and you'll likely have a similar experience to most people that are in downtown spaces. So, you know, I think that's why, again, like Kyle said, it's an easy thing to talk about. It's also one of the only things that is like truly, truly random. I agree. That's a that's an interesting take. And it, sure, more encounters does influence that, but it still is random. Yeah, it really is. Anyway, my second hot take, well, not as hot as my first take. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems you and Kyle have been playing a lot. That's a safe that's a safe assumption to make. I went back to the first 10 episodes and it seems like every other episode you guys would go up a level. While this is realistic, as a listener, I'd like to hear perspectives of someone who maybe isn't as serious as you guys are, but maybe a perspective of someone who doesn't push as hard. As a mostly free player myself, doing back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back raids is something extremely rare for me, and usually I'll do one raid a week if it's convenient, and maybe that's my extent of raiding. Not being able to stack the free raid passes is a bummer because maybe I'd do it more often. But even if it meant accumulating these passes took two weeks. All right. So a couple of things to remember is that leveling up looked a lot different on our first 10 episodes than it does currently. 
Um, and the lower <laughs> levels are much, much, much easier to blow through. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'd, I'd have to go back and check. I was probably like level 28 when we yeah. started this podcast. Yeah. That being said, I mean, like you pointed it out, that is realistic, but it's not casual. You're right. It's not casual. Kyle and mm-hmm. I are not casuals at all. We're not even remotely close to free to play players. And usually the people that we bring on the show, even our friends and other players that aren't like a YouTuber or another content creator, they're generally pretty hardcore players. The only example of a free to play player that I think that we've had on here is JC Picks, but he ain't casual. Far from it. He's a hardcore free to play player. So I'm going to say this now. I've been talking about this for a really long time. A couple of years, actually. Okay, dead rock star. I uh, have been talking with my sister, going to have either interview her as like the casual perspective or have her pop on an episode sometime because it'd be really fun. Uh, she loves Pokemon. She hangs out with us for events, but far, far from hardcore. Maybe mm-hmm. buys a box once a month, something like that. You know what I mean? Um, so hopefully that's closer to the mark and that'll be yeah. fun for you to listen to. And that said, we do try and keep in mind the free to play or at the very least casual perspective in terms of things it in terms of specific play experience we can only speak to our own but i i think that chris and i do a good job of pointing out how stuff can translate well to free to play players versus somebody who is grinding hardcore oh yeah and if not i i would welcome any feedback that would help us deliver the, that experience and those suggestions better for people listening. Yeah. The two things that we try to do to, uh, you know, offer some sort of service, I suppose here for like brand new players or returning players that don't know what they're doing or casual players that want to get better. The two things are, uh, first it's value. What in this event is good for you? And we always try to highlight stuff in events. And I believe actually, yes, scrolling back up, this was already pointed out in the email and they said, thank you so much for helping elevate their play. So I think what we're doing in this case is good, but also too, when we talk about things like quick catching and stuff like that, like every five to 10 episodes, we'll redefine those phrases. We, we try to do that every so often so that if you just started listening, and you don't know what the words are, you can catch up over time. It's a difficult balance though. So yeah, I would. Like Kyle said, I would also appreciate some feedback. One last question from Dead Rockstar. Since I started listening to the older episodes, where's Ness nowadays? Is she too busy for Go these days? Does she still play Go? Does she jump on as a surprise guest every now and then? I've enjoyed her perspective in some of the earlier shows. I could have made this a longer email. However, I'll spare you for now. Dead Rockstar. <laughs> Love the sign up. Thank you very much. Uh, so we get this question every once in a while, too, and it's been a while, but uh, Ness used to be on the show. She was our consistent third host. She was also my wife. She has split ways from the show. I think what uh, Ness brought to the show was fantastic, and I really like where the show is now. It makes it a little bit easier, I think, for Kyle and I to record and be more consistent, too, without a third person every single week. Two people is much easier to record with, but I think Chris and I both do miss having a third perspective for sure yeah it's a lot of fun having a guest on like mitch or somebody else every once in a while but Mm -hmm. but thank you very much for writing in dead rockstar appreciate it our last email is from sarah amanda and they said hi GoCast. 
I was recently reminded to send you guys a long email, so here we go. <laughs> this is the campy story that never gets old, but what made this past community day experience for me was seeing people in the community. But what made this past community day experience for me was seeing people in the community. I arrived a bit late, left the house at 2 p.m., but eventually found my Pikmin walking buddies and we walked. <laughs> nice. Someone in the group called out a Nundo Rog and Rolla. After some frenzy clicking, we figured out which one it was and called it out to a few other passerbys. Also, the person who called out the Nundo, Rog and Rolla is their favorite Pokemon, so it made catching it feel extra special. I don't keep all Nundos, but definitely keeping this one. Nice. Love it. It was a struggle squeezing in all of my three free raid passes, one yesterday and two current day, as there aren't many five-star raids popping off. In the last 30 minutes, squeaked in a third raid, Cartana. Once the raid started, I noticed two people standing off to the side, a mother-son duo. It was very obvious they were pogo players, so I drifted over to say hi. Skrr. It turns out... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Oh, didn't Tokyo drift over? Just, okay, okay, okay. It turns out they come to this part of town to play Pogo, but they didn't know where the community is. They had tried re-lobbying that Cartana raid several times to see if anyone else would join in with no luck. They had about given up hope until my walking crew, four total, walked up. They had played GoFest here and weren't able to use all of their raid passes because they kept missing the raiders wherever they were. I played the second GoFest day elsewhere, but I have no doubt there were still people around. There always are for events. So, if, so of course, I hooked them up with the local Discord and told them about walking group raid hour Wednesday, which incidentally meets at the gym we had just raided. That's funny. Oh, that's nice. That's a good timing coincidence. <laughs> also, I was able to trade two Celesteela away to folks that needed them. This is the main reason I've kept raiding them. Shout out to Nolte and the Aussies in Lured Up for hosting raids. But I hadn't considered the half dust community day bonus, which hooray, may this bonus continue because 40k dust hurts. Yeah. Uh-huh. One last thing. From Dragon Con, I had bought a custom Eevee-themed umbrella to use specifically for community days to keep the sun off, obviously. Today was the first time I got to use it. Yay. It looks like this, a link that I, I must now follow because I'm sure Chris has already seen it. I have already seen it. Oh, my God. It looks so good. It's gorgeous. <laughs> it's gorgeous. Oh, it's my really God. It's pretty. Yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. I think that's all for now. Peace. Stay Amanda. Well, that's, I mean, I, I, I love the stories. I just always, always love to read people's stories about meeting other people they didn't know while playing Pokemon Go. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And if this ever happens to you, by the way, if you're out playing with friends, even if you're somewhere else that you don't normally play, uh, if you find somebody that's like, hey, are you part of the local discord? And you're like, no, I just have this group. Chances are you'll run into the local discord during your day. That's happened to us, I think, on three separate occasions. Yeah. Yeah. It's, if you're in Twice a place in where Chicago, people are playing, one somewhere else. Yeah, there, there's there's someone on the discord. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. If your community has one, I know that it's, it's not always the case. It's not always the case, but it could also be the case that you have more than one. Chicago has like four or five mm -hmm. large Pokemon Go communities. But thank you so very much for the email, Sarah Amanda. I'm jealous of the Nundo Rock and Roll. That's fantastic. <laughs> All right, dear listener, if you would like to send us an email or a voicemail like these fine folks did, you can. 
by sending those emails over to mail at gocastpodcast.com or you can call 262-586-7717 to leave a voicemail. We also take Pokepole answers via those two avenues and all the other ones I'm about to list. You can visit our website for all things GoCast Podcast at gocastpodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter, not our only, but might as well be our only social media account. That's at GoCast Podcast. And if you'd like to help support the show monetarily, you can do so via Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash GoCast Podcast. And it's kind of like a pick your own price monthly support pledge that you can cancel, uh, you know, anytime you want. You can do it month by month or get a discount by doing it for a year. And uh, shout out to our elite trainer tier patrons. Thank you so very, very much to Bo, Daniel, Andrew, Lori, Michael, Ozzy, Ted, Tish, Ben, Marvin, and Mimi, Sports, or Hasui, and Ryan Thayer, Jason, Justin, Charles, Modders, Lee, William, Brendan, Ethan, and Steven. Thank you so, so much for your generous support in helping us keep the digital lights on. We appreciate you immensely. But if monetary support is not in the cards for you, you just aren't interested, but you'd like to help support us in another way, you can by leaving us a review on anywhere that, you know, takes reviews. So I believe that's, you know, Spotify and the mobile app, Google Pod, you know, no, not Google Podcasts. I fall for that every time. Apple Podcasts, a bunch of other places. Uh, But you'd be surprised where it isn't, huh? But if you can, please do. It is free for you and helps us out immensely. Thank you so much. And that just means we have one final thing to do, Mr. Kyle, as always. And that sets some goals and then ski daddle. So I've got my goals set up. So I'm going to go for it now while you're still ruminating. I'm going to be nice this week. How about that? Okay. Sounds great. All right. My goals this week are going to be get my Pokemon storage to under 5,000. I'm too close to 6,000. That is too close to max for me to be happy with it consistently. So got to slay that dragon. I would like to best buddy my 100% Dialga that I've been walking for a while now. It's very close. Uh, 1 million experience, 25 kilometers walked on my weekly adventure sync summary. And I need to restock Pokeballs after all these events and not having a lot of time to play or prep and getting pulled away. So uh, next week I'll show up with, I'd like to have at least 500 pokeballs and then you know several hundred of each of the other ones pokeballs you you don't have what how many pokeballs do you have right now i think like 120 or something like that holy cow yeah yep i'm telling you it was rough out there for me this past week i got a lot of shinies but i didn't get a lot of time to play intelligently it was all very passive while i'm doing other stuff you know wow yeah okay yep so those are my goals what about you kyle what are you thinking all right so first uh some are piggybacking off of you, but a hundred hearts for my Gengar. Get nice. best buddy, almost best buddy. I think he's like hundred and thirty or something. So I'm leaving myself room because I'm not going to be perfect with the. Bots. We love it. Five hundred thousand experience. I don't plan on playing a super large amount probably this week. All things considered, Pokemon storage below four thousand. I'm currently at like fifty five hundred, and it's going to tie in. I want to do something with tags to help organize something with my inventory. Ooh, I, I think I may put out a call on discord for people who have suggestions on what their tags look like. I've got and, one suggestion for when you're ready. Steal some of that. Okay. Shadows that you would like to remove frustration from. I've got that. Okay. I That's don't just a- keep anything in that tag, but I have, that but tag. you have it. Okay. I, do. <laughs> I have a handful of like, there's like some swine up, some machop, 
in there or whatever. They probably have already had frustration TM'd away, and I just didn't do anything with them. Do you have a maxed tag? Uh, I do not, but I only have like four Pokemon like that. But it's mm, okay. I I th- I'll come up with something. I am I'm sure if I if I put a call in the general chat, uh, Camo will uh will come in with his 55. Oh yeah, and like well, let me what, link you to there. this PDF of all these color coded things I have set up, and it it does change based on the season, so you got to watch that. <laughs> Camo, I'm I'm not making fun of you. I actually love no this only love. I want everybody. the I want the advice. I want the advice. Yeah. I'll set up a hundred tags, whether I use them or not. We'll see. <laughs> uh-huh. If you show up to a conversation with overkill information, whether an infographic, a spreadsheet, whatever, you're instantly my favorite person in the room. Instantly. <laughs> Unless my new life-size Pokemon plush Cyndaquil that I forgot to mention is in the room, then you will be the second favorite person in the room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, anyway, let's wrap it on up here. Thank you so much for listening all the way through. We appreciate you so, so much. We'll see you in episode 209. Until then, get ready to get prepared, I suppose, because it's not until next week, the Fashion Week event. Until then, shiny vibes. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.